Previously on the Herd Mentality Podcast. <laughs> All right, so uh, so let's move away from penises just for a moment because, oh, you know, okay. it, uh, we, this is a, a tasteful show. Fair let's enough. talk yeah. about vaginas and the Bible. <laughs> and now, the epic conclusion. So Deepak Chopra, welcome to the Herd Mentality. Thanks for your time. Firstly, let's get our credentials out of the way. Uh, we have both dabbled a little bit in quantum physics. It's true. So what did you want to come on and discuss? Okay, so let me start out by saying that, in my opinion, all belief is a cover-up for insecurity. Hmm. Seems as good a place as any to start. What about the supernatural? Especially the supernatural. Well, that topic had occurred to me. These questions occur to human beings. So how do we best analyze the situation and come to an informed decision? And there are two ways of looking at it. If you look at it from the top down... Yes, and on the colonic consciousness level? Colonic consciousness. Now, when you look at this from the bottom up... Gotcha. Uh, Is it cavernous? The infinite void, you might say. How big are we talking here? There's a deeper consciousness. And how fast can it travel? At the speed of light. So of the two aforementioned points, which is the most likely? It's neither and it's both. Now, Deepak, I'm a rational human being. Which makes sense to a rational human being. I feel an argument coming on. I'm not arguing with you. Good. So it gets weird. At this level. Only if you make it weird. But that's not the question. But that's not the question. What? I'm not arguing with you. I can see we're getting nowhere here. Tell me more about the way by which you form sentences. There seems to be no purpose. It seems to be totally random. I can't disagree with that. Why is there a universe... Why is there awareness? Well, I was angling towards that. Uh, Deepak, your brain has been described by Richard Dawkins as having... Sentience at all levels. Well, not exactly. Or an electrochemical impulse in your own neural networks. Again, not quite. You and I right now are an activity of the universe. Hmm. Deepak Chopra, thanks for your time. I just want to thank you. So I'm not here to convince you that you should believe in anything. You really are good. I'm I'm going to stand by 40 shekels for you and your sister. Welcome to the Herd Mentality, an eclectic weekly mix of atheistic and humanistic conversations with complete strangers. I've never met them and they've never met me, but we're throwing caution to the wind, taking a risk with a dodgy internet connection, and God willing, get an interesting conversation for you to listen to. I'm your host, Questionable Adam, at Adam Reeks on Twitter, and it's time to meet our guests. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality Podcast. And with me today, we have previous guests to the show, Jake and Hugo from The Bible Reloaded. Greetings. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. And on the other line, we have Matt Dillahunty. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Very well. So today, we're going to talk about something I know very little about because I've read the Bible but haven't spent decades interpreting it and doing the mental gymnastics required to integrate it into my belief system, which doesn't exist, and that is slavery. So I think it's a pretty important one, and specifically for you, Matt, I've noticed over the last few episodes it's something you take pretty seriously with your callers. Well, I I use it. It's it's kind of become the go-to example because, to me, it's the single most obviously immoral thing in their book the apologetics that they try to work their way around and oh what it's not it's about indentured servitude and you're looking at it from the point of view this anachronistic view of what happened in america and all this and it's all crap it's it's very (laughs) explicit i use it because it puts them in this position of saying as the guy on yesterday's show did that he believes that the bible is true and moral and that he's fine with what the Bible says, except when we get to Exodus 21, and then he's like, well, it's how you interpret it, which is just such bullcrap. <laughs> Do you want us to read Exodus 21 for you, uh, Adam? Oh, please, enlighten me. So we may want to go, go through it verse by verse, because there's some cool things to hit on in there, but go ahead, guys. Absolutely. Just stop me when you're ready. If you buy a Hebrew slave, he is to serve for only six years. Set him free in the seventh year, and he will owe you nothing for his freedom. If he was single when he became your slave and then married afterward, only he will go free in the seventh year. But if he was married before he became a slave, then his wife will be freed with him. If his master gave him a wife while he was a slave and they had sons or daughters, then the man will be free in the seventh year, but his wife and children will still belong to his master. But the slave may plainly declare, I love my master, my wife, and my children. I would rather not go free. 
If he does this, his master must present him before God. Then his master must take him to the door and publicly pierce his ear with an awl. After that, the slave will belong to his master forever. And see, that whole first part of it is where they try to appeal to indentured servitude. But this whole first part of Exodus 21 only applies to Jews owning other Jews as slaves. And it's already absurd, and we can find moral objections, but this is just stupid. Uh, oh, if you buy a Hebrew servant, they have to serve you for six years. What, everything you could possibly buy is worth six years? Hey, you want a plot of land? <laughs> six years. You want two plots of land? That's six years. You want five plots of land? That's six years. <laughs> it's, it's system. And then it specifically tells you how you can kind of trick fuck them into being your slaves permanently. Buy oh, a single trick fuck is my new favorite phrase. That's awesome. <laughs> buy yourself a, Hebrew, a male Hebrew slave. Give him a wife. Encourage them to have sex. They get some kids. When your six years is up, he's not going to want to leave. The wife and kids are going to have to stay, unless she's just terrible. So, okay. listeners to this show know I'm a big fan of slavery, and I'm, I'm interested in getting into it. Um, <laughs> what would my duties be as a slave? Well, that depends. Assuming, assuming as you are male and not a Hebrew, that's going to really depend. It's depending on your gender, and it's going to depend on whether or not you're Hebrew, as Matt said before. Yeah. So the worth of an Australian in the Bible is not perhaps what I was hoping. <laughs> no, uh, you might be worth thirty shekels. That's that's the running the running total for a slave. It seems that doesn't seem to be a lot of money. <laughs> no, it's like it's like four hundred dollars in today's silver. I thought it was depending gold. on purity. Okay, they speak about um, different types of people. So there's only certain types of people who can be slaves. Is this right? No, no, no. Anyone can be a slave, but Hebrew slaves are technically air quotes treated better because they're considered indentured servants although like we said it's basically uh we're gonna kidnap your family basically if you decide uh, to leave after your six years anybody says is, is fair game it's in matter of fact it specifically says if you continue on down in exodus 21 it says you're to buy the the slaves from the heathen who surround you which <laughs> already admission hey we're, we don't care anything about indentured servitude this is slave trade if you're going to go buy them from the people who live around you and we're going to call them heathen we're already pretty much devaluing these people <laughs> so it's clear it's so okay so how do we apply this to love thy neighbor um <laughs> our neighbors those are the heathen around you the neighbors are the other the other israelites around you right i've so, always found that interesting how people take things like that and apply it to a general populace and really these are rules written by Hebrews for Hebrews, and they only expected them to count within that group. Things like thou shalt not murder. If you look at the Old Testament and the conquests of the Hebrew people, supposedly, they murder all sorts of people for lots of reasons. Mm -hmm. It's basically thou shalt not murder fellow Hebrews, yeah. stuff like that. The rules generally apply to their in-group. The outsiders are outsiders, for lack of a better Fair game. Uh, word. So uh, slaves, are they're expected to adopt the new religion once, they, once they've become slaves? Hmm. I would assume that would fall under idolatry. If they don't, then they're, I guess they're free game to kill because you're allowed yeah. to kill the people who worship other gods and try to get you to worship other gods. Yeah, but I know there are also there are verses specifically when they're talking about uh, partaking in various religious feasts. It talks about servants who have not been circumcised. So I assume there are some circumstances under which servants can uh, follow a different religion and still be servants. Because I know there are, they say, like, they can't have the feast if they're not circumcised. Well, if they're not circumcised, they're probably not part of the Hebrew religion or, otherwise. Or maybe they just don't like their dicks bleeding. I don't know. One or the other. Close enough. I can't say I'm a fan of it myself. Have but, you tried uh, it, though? Have you tried it? Well, no, look, I'm really looking for a reason to become a slave here, guys. Uh, perhaps tell me a little more about what you're allowed to do in terms of beatings. Ooh. <laughs> do you want us to read that one to you? Ooh. Straight from the book. Let's hear it. When a man strikes his male or female slave with a rod so hard that he, the slave dies under his hand, he shall be punished. However... If the slave survives for a day or two, he's not to be punished since the slave is his property, well, obviously. That, that's cool. Uh, you're not allowed to destroy your own property. I mean, you know, I, so there, there is at least some exception here. It's your property, but you can't kill it. You can beat the shit out of it, but you can't kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to apply the same logic from, say, Genesis to this? I mean, they say, you know, the, the slave can't die for a day or two. Can that be then extrapolated to billions of years? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. Right. Okay. So Clearly if it makes it to the wrong. third day, are we in a weird gray area where, like, yeah. Hebrew CSI has to get involved? <laughs> 
you, you gotta pull out your uh, uh, I can't even think of the word. Dowsing now. rod? Can we get a dowsing rod? No, your your uh, <laughs> sundial. Pull out your sundial. Figure out what <laughs> what time exactly you beat them. And start figuring out. Has it? It has, it's been more than one day, and it's close to the end of the second day. But we're approaching the third day. <laughs> What if it was a really long beating? Like, are we counting from the first strike or the last strike? What if you're beating them for like a solid three hours? You're tag teaming it, and they're just—you <laughs> could keep them, keep beating them for three days, and then you know count from the first one. Yeah, hey, we just never quit beating that horse. <laughs> See all kinds of loopholes. This isn't looking bad. We should be slave owners. This is going to go really well. Well, you—you you may well have your wish uh, coming into the show just quietly. So, okay, the, the discipline sounds like a lot of fun, guys. I, I can't lie. I like uh, how they specify with a rod, though. Yeah. That's very interesting. Was there, was there like, the standard town slave beating rod? Perhaps something that gets passed around. You have to go and borrow it. It's like the conch from um, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one per village. Lord of the Flies? Isn't it? I think yeah. so. <laughs> and then Piggy has it, and then he gets killed. Solid Lord of the Fly- Flies reference, Reeks. Maybe it's a euphemism. You're... I, I've got a rod I could beat somebody with, and I would imagine a lot of people might like that. Maybe. A lot of penis-shaped welts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. That'll make the show. Uh, <laughs> it did. We talked about foreskins last time. Yeah, we got to get a dick like, joke in somewhere. Hi there, boys and girls. It's Questionable Adam here from the year 2073. I'm contacting you via subspace link using Sirius Time Machine. In this alternate timeline... I was unable to get sufficient audience sponsorship from the show and had to resort to supplementing my income by offering my services in public restrooms. Hey, what are you doing in that cubicle? Yeah, excuse me, I won't be long. It's been 40 years and I've done some things that I'm not proud of. But you can help. Simply head to herdmentalitypodcast.com and click on the support tab. For as little as $2 and $5 a month, you can, you can help sustain a show that is by a person, for the people. I won't be forced into a life of, well, whatever it is I'm doing right now. Jesus to a child. Past questionable Adam and present day questionable Adam. Thank you very much. It's alright, mate. What can I help you with? Uh, what do I get for four Bitcoin? What do you guys think is the reason why people fight so hard to justify the slavery and why do they try and justify it? Why do they have to maintain such a holy book? Well, I think in part because they basically have to. If you try and take something so that is mentioned so many times and it's not only in the Old Testament, which some people write off as saying, well, once uh, Jesus died, you know, it changed. This is something that in, in the New Testament comes up as well. If they say that something is wrong with it fundamentally, they're saying something is fundamentally wrong with the scripture and uh, possibly their belief system. So it's basically a game of saying, well, I really have to uphold this thing even though I don't really like it to uphold the things that I do like, whether it be, you know, the messages of Jesus or saying you don't like gay people. You have to try and hold it all together or else it all falls apart. The color on yesterday's show got in this, you know, bind where, you know, if you're going to believe the Bible and it's it's really difficult because if you admit that there are things that are wrong with the Bible, which we got Ray Comfort to admit that when he was on the show. He flatly said there are things in the Bible that he doesn't agree with. So that puts you in the position of saying, well, how exactly did you go about determining what you could throw out and ignore and what you needed to keep? And so the people who have thought about this and, you know, maybe a little brighter than Ray. Deep comfort, of the universe. And don't want to... <laughs> have to be in that position have instead tried to find ways to rationalize this stuff oh it's it's not like the slavery you think of yeah um the interesting thing to me about that is when they try and equate it uh, again to indentured servitude even within uh just the hebrew servants 
even if you say it's less severe or less cruel, it gets down to the basic moral issue of is it okay to own another human being for any reason? That's a whole other like can of worms you just opened, and they think that that's the end of a discussion. Like, well, it wasn't the same kind of slavery. Well, still, you're owning a human being, whether it's forever or for six years, or you kidnap their family. That's a moral issue that needs to be discussed. Well, it exists w- to this day, doesn't it? There's a slave trade. It exists. Okay. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, since Adam's looking for reasons to be a slave, in much the same way that the Bible offers this kind of loophole in order to permanently enslave uh, Jews, there's another passage in Exodus 21 that could come in handy. So you could, like, run up a massive amount of debt and sell yourself into slavery and then just be a complete asshole to the person who's your slave master because they can beat you, but if they put out your eye or if they knock out a tooth, if they knock out a tooth, they've got to let you go free to compensate for the tooth. So calcium had a high value back in these days. Is this what you're you're angling towards? I, I think so. But, you know, I'm pretty sure I could piss somebody off enough to have them knock a tooth out. <laughs> they, they're going to want to punch me in my fat face for Jesus. I'm pretty sure it would be too hard. <laughs> Dentistry for Jesus. Yay. So now I like to imagine a bunch of, like, slaves that, like, maybe even in, in the Hebrew culture, culture they, they kind of deserved it. Like, they were really bastards. They, like, killed cows and shit or whatever you do to become a slave. And they, <laughs> and they rang up this giant bill. For the slave to be a slave, and then now they're trying to throw themselves in front of like fists their owner's hands, like at the dinner table. She's like, seriously, cut that shit out. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The two get out of jail free cards here are losing an eye or losing a tooth, but dying doesn't. <laughs> no, no, dying does not. Nor does well, two days of being bedridden due to beating. <laughs> Just a little hobbly. It's fine. You're not as good of a slave, but I mean, it'll work. Yeah, if you're dead, slave. you're not a slave anymore, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I suppose that's a nice way of looking at it, yeah. It's not the preferred way out, but, you know. What are some of the most creative ways you've heard of people try to justify this, Matt? I don't want to give them enough credit to call them creative. Um, <laughs> the, the most common are, oh, slavery in the Bible is nothing like what you imagine from slavery, you know, in, in the early days of the United States which I don't really care. It's, it's kind of the same excuse, and, and I better kind of switch stories here, but the story of Elisha where uh, there's a, a group of kids, which can alternately be translated as a gang of youths, who yeah. say, you know, go up, thou bald head, and he, he curses them in the name of God, and two she-bears come forth and rip them to shreds. And one of the most common you know, claims was that, hey, this, this wasn't just children. This was a gang that was, you know, threatening. <laughs> like the, the sharks? Yeah. I don't, care. I don't care if they were Crips and Bloods. All they did was <laughs> call him name, and he curses them, and bears come and rip him apart. I had somebody, a fan of the show, approach Ray Comfort about this. Comfort, of the uh, not to keep invoking the name of, you know... Oh, look, there'll be a special surprise for you when you do. Whenever you mention somebody like Ray Comfort or uh, or Deepak Chopra, uh, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a special treat that happens in post-production. Sweet! So, so if they asked Ray about this, and, and Ray rightly said, well, does the Bible say that God sent those bears? And it actually doesn't say that. <laughs> That's fair. That's a really a good answer. Coincidence. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe and, and Elisha so, was just really good at bear. He was like Aquaman, but on land. Yes. That would actually be a useful power. So he could, like, like bear attack time. See, that's, that's his a, power. That's a much more interesting story, if you ask me. My boldness gave me superpowers. Well, Matt, you've got a, uh, you, you've got a shaved head, don't you? Yes, yes. And I, how I, many bears have you tried to summon bears? It might work. Uh, I am a bear. And uh, I'm not too keen on actually summoning them. Well, uh, okay, I can't have you on the show and, and not have you at least try. So can you give it your best shot now? Sure. Where, where exactly should I summon them? Uh, Hugo and Jake, I'm sure, have an insult for you. All right. Um, you, you're... Your mum's your dad. You're, yeah, you have, <laughs> you have a dad mom. How dare you call me names? Come forth, bears! Where, no. oh. oh, hang on. There's like a gay pride festival coming out. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just co- oh, we're just covered in hairy chests, well-oiled hairy chests. Nice. This is paradise. <laughs> it's she bears, though, so. 
<laughs> okay, well... That's going to be a really hard sound effect to find. Chewbacca. Now, Jake and Hugo, you've done quite a bit of Bible work on the subject of slavery. Um, The last time you were on, we discussed a different topic, which was... uh, Can can you just refresh my memory? The the foreskins? foreskins. Yeah, at length, yes. Uh, (laughs) At length. Well played. (laughs) It's it's not... Your specialty isn't just that subject, is it? You've got some, some work on... I think it was Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. There was... You stole some footage from that? Yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of Donny Osmond uh, copyright infringement, but it's okay. He's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly, he's a nice guy, yeah. Um, yeah, when we did the Joseph uh, story, I think we did it in two or three episodes. Yeah. Um, we did. We took a little bit of Technicolor Dreamcoat footage because I think it calls for it when you're doing a Bible study show that's a comedy as well. Yeah. Um, and frankly, I don't think you can make anything worse by adding Donny Osmond. <laughs> what? What are you making better? <laughs> like, no, I just don't think it made it worse. I'm not saying it improved it. I guess. Do you know the story of Joseph? Bring it on. Adam? Give us the 25 words or less version. Well, if I were to say it very quickly, it would basically be: guys, a bunch of brothers. They're jealous of him. He has premonitions. Uh, they sell him into slavery. He becomes Pharaoh somehow. And then well, not, no, Pharaoh's assistant. A Pharaoh's he, assistant. Apologies. His number one guy. Doesn't he spend but he some time runs in runs Egypt? Doesn't he spend some time in a cistern as well? A little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit of, like, like maybe maybe a day in a well. I don't know how long it was. <laughs> they don't really, yeah, they just say it sometimes. Oh, and then Potiphar's wife tries to bang him. Yeah. But he's not into that because he's a nice guy. Donnie Osmond is. And then, um, <laughs> then a baker gets impaled. And then because of him, all the, all the Hebrews are enslaved later on. The, all posterity are enslaved. Yeah, that's a weird continuity thing. Right. Yeah, they're in Egypt. Oh, a couple hundred years later now, there's way more of them, like almost a million. Joseph got real busy. Yeah, him and his brothers. Yeah, they were just banging all sorts of Egyptians. And he's got yeah. the, the hardest working non-foreskin in biblical times. Ah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's interesting. But selling your brother and selling family into slavery, that's cool? Uh, oh, yeah. Your daughter's into slavery. Oh, yeah. There are explicit rules about it, like a lot of, well, I don't know about a lot, relatively speaking, but uh, there are specific laws about yeah. it. We can read that, too, if you want. Yeah, look, lay it on us. All right. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she will not be freed at the end of six years as the men are, because she has a vagina. If she does not, <laughs> if she does not please the man who bought her, I assume with that vagina, he may allow her to be bought back again. But... He is not allowed to sell her to foreigners since he is the one who broke the contract with her. And if the slave girl's owner arranges for her to marry his son, he may no longer treat her as a slave girl, but must treat her as his daughter. If he himself marries her and then takes another wife, he may not reduce her food or clothing or fail to sleep with her as his (laughs) wife. If he fails in any of these three ways, she may leave as a free woman without making any payment. So basically his job is to make sure she doesn't starve, to make sure she doesn't run around naked, and to make sure that he enters her against her will just periodically. Okay. <laughs> you don't know that it's against her will because we Right, but there. I'm just saying like worst case scenario, <laughs> that's so, all he's got to do. So really what the Bible's telling me is I lack the requisite hardware to be the best possible slave. Maybe I need to there go and get some... surgeries for that. Maybe I need to get some work done. Yeah. All right. You'd be, I think you'd... You'd make a really sexy woman, but you should still keep the beard. It'll be a weird, rugged, <laughs> sexy. I don't know what it'll be, but I'll I'll get in on that. I don't it's think like it'll crying game. I don't think it'll uh, you know increase the worth of me as a slave. Um, uh, you know, being able to well, I suppose maybe I could. I'm offering all sorts of different services. Then you'll get laid more. Hmm. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that perky perky ear thing. Mm? It has my attention. So, all right. So, guys, let's uh, play a quick game because I'm a big fan of games on the show. You've sold me on the idea of slavery. I do have a strong back and I'm good at long division. I'm up for grabs, <laughs> so I'm going to auction myself off. So, between the three of you, you, you can only use biblical currency. We're going to start the bidding at uh, at what is it? Twenty shekels for a man. 30. 30. We'll start at 20, though. You're, you're Australian. Okay, 30. Over to you, Matt. I've, I've got 30 shekels. 30 shekels, Matt. Well, apart from the strong back, what exactly, you know, do you, do you have some expertise that might benefit me? Because I, I don't actually farm or anything. I'm pretty good at, <laughs> I'm pretty good at editing stuff. Oh, <laughs> 
I'll go to 35 shekels. 35 shekels. Okay, Jake go, Hugo, Jake Hugo, Jake Hugo. I'll go I'll go 45 if you uh, agree to um, voice over a documentary of our lives. I'll throw in a goat. <laughs> ah, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a little bit of livestock. Any more livestock? Any more livestock? I might have livestock. Do you have a sister? I've got two sisters, two sisters. One's pregnant, one's right. not. I'll go 40 shekels <laughs> and goats for you and the pregnant sister. Rightio, that's a fair deal, fair deal. Matt? Jake, what have you got? What have you got? I'll give you, I'll give you my firstborn son. It seems like a fair trade. Okay, forty-five <laughs> shekels, a goat, a sister who's pregnant, and a, and what was the last bit? I've lost track. <laughs> firstborn son. Firstborn son. Okay, because there's a lot of uh, the, <laughs> there is a lot of emphasis placed on sons in the Bible, isn't there? It seems. Also, I'll give you one land of milk and honey. Milk and Ooh. honey. All right. Of, of no particular size. All right. <laughs> so a cubic centimeter a of territory. Of milk and honey. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it looks like uh, Jake and Hugo have it. At uh, going once, going twice. Any more biblical I currency? I don't. I'm not going to have a firstborn son, so I, I don't think I can top that. <laughs> All right, Matt's out of the running. Guys, you have yourself a new voiceover guy for your life story. Congratulations! Round of applause. Mm. Oh, right. well, that's. That's great. I feel oh, so lucky. Bidding about the thing. Yeah, you, you guys were bidding against somebody who's wounded in the stones. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Bible's obsessed with all this. They, you know, if it's anybody who's wounded in the stones, basically, there's something oh, yeah. wrong with their. They can't yeah, go into not, the. Yeah, you're not allowed in the church, which is fine yeah. now, I suppose. Well, <laughs> that was probably tough for you back in the day, though. They're like, "You got weird balls. Get out of here, Matt." You're like, "But I believe in Jesus." They're like, "You got weird balls, though." Yeah. Tell me about those. There is so much. <laughs> in the Bible because I, I have read it and tried to really tried to understand as best I could what was going on in it and there's so much genitalia talk I oh, can't yes. I can't get it I, I don't understand it this is this, I do this must okay let's hear it <laughs> well we're obsessed with genitalia all the time I mean you, 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 what's the first use of any technology is porn which is basically let's see some more genitalia exactly it, it's not <laughs> that religious people would be the same way that's fair. Can I just say, I think I'm going to make an image macro now, and it's going to be Matt Dillahunty, and it's going to be quotes, let's see some more genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the... I'll include a source, because that's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> might be Matt's review for the show. <laughs> let's see some more genitalia. <laughs> okay, what, so what else have I missed out on slavery here? Are there any other benefits that I've, I'm lacking here? Uh, there's a little bit of New Testament stuff. Now, just, just distinguishing between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and Matt, you probably aren't aware of this, I had a, a young earth creationist on the show a couple of episodes ago. I expected to go into this having seen quite a bit of the atheist experience. I expected to go into it being Matt Dillahunty. Instead, I was questionable Adam. Uh, and, mm. yeah, it was, it was a trouncing. I, got <laughs> I just got bamboozled. But I'm um, learning as I go, and I had a, an evolutionary biologist come on afterwards uh, who, who did, you know, went, talked me through it and debunked uh, the points he'd raised. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is I, I quizzed him on slavery in the Bible, and I said, Look, so how do you justify this? I, I kind of went down your route here. And he replied, uh, well, there's, no, there's no slavery in the New Testament. It's all, it's all the Old Testament stuff. We can write that stuff off. And no, no. I, I didn't know how to respond. Well, um, write this down so if... Uh, Ephesians 6.5, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's New Testament. That's we legit. Have, <laughs> yeah. Which, which actually, um, it's a copy of Colossians 3.22, which is the slaves obey your earthly masters. And do it not only when their eyes upon you and to carry their favor but with sincerity of heart and reverence to the Lord. And there's a, a specific... Yeah verse that says, you know, to, to obey even the cruel masters. The big thing is, even if the New Testament didn't have anything that said, yay, slavery, uh, like it apparently does, it's bizarre to me that they think Jesus is God and comes down to earth with this revised, improved message of love and happiness, and somehow Jesus completely fucking forgets to say, oh, hey, wait a minute, you know that stuff you guys wrote about slavery? That's not actually what God thinks, uh, and it's <laughs> So we, we should stop doing that now. No, that verse is missing. <laughs> In fairness, there's a lot of stuff missing. Like, hey, don't rape people. And like, hmm. yeah, it, it's a lot of things. There's a long list. But yeah, keep an eye out. In 2010, Jesus did actually say, I mean, to be completely honest, it's not a lot of the Bible. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, the other one, the other one that actually does it. So there's Ephesians, there's Colossians, and then there's First Peter, which is uh, slaves submit yourselves to your masters, not only those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are cruel. That's an excellent one. I like that one specifically because it's it's got the red letters, it's got a little Jesus action on there at the end. You can just do hyphen Jesus, and you can put it in quotes, and then they'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'm totally digging that oh, verse." I think we've just lost Matt. Did we? Stand by. I'll try and get him back. You there, Matt? All set. I, I am here. Okay, I think you cut out just as you were saying. Um, there was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't edit that because that was priceless. We can't All right, that out. <laughs> might be the uh, might be the lead into the show. <laughs> if anyone wants to go and listen to how to destroy people in arguments in terms of of slavery and really controlling the argument. The, the discussion, rather, then the atheist experience is the one-stop shop. Oh, absolutely. I actually put together mm-hmm. a video uh, on my personal YouTube channel that only covers slavery. Like, start to finish, everything that the Bible says about slavery and what's wrong, did it while I was driving off the top of my head. From now <laughs> I was going to ask you if you were in your car during that, because you usually are on that channel. I love that angle, just kind of like a, a low angle, just yeah. to your, your beautiful fate. <laughs> are you ever worried you're going to, like, crash? No, but I do get a bunch of asshats who keep wanting to come in and say, you're just so, how could you do that in your car? You're a threat. You're a menace. And it's just like the stupidest thing. I'm on a highway for 40 minutes and uh, I don't, I don't have to look at the camera. I push record. It just sits down there. I spend less time and less attention on that than I would on the radio if I was listening to the radio. Right. Yeah. I would just worry about catching that on film. I know. And then, and then like it being your fault. (laughs) <laughs> like, I don't think you'd get... put it up on the internet, but you'd have it, and you'd, you'd be like, damn it, can't use that good argument I had. We'd actually have video footage of a miracle where God strikes you down with a flat tire. <laughs> causes you to... It's been slightly de- inconvenienced for 35 minutes. Yeah, I, 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 I fret over that all the time. People, people are talking about how God's going to just... There are people who say God's going to do a wonderful work in my life, and I'll come back to Christianity and you know have the best witness and lead people to Christ. And then there are others who are like, you know, God's getting ready to to punish you and do this. You know, we God's had plenty of opportunities to do. I don't even think He could give me so much as a hangnail at this point. And <laughs> the threats just seem really hollow. And and it's kind of an admission. Well, well, I don't have anything to say against what you're actually saying, but doggone it, God's going to get you. <laughs> So have you ever been cursed, Matt? No, I've been prophesied over it, it very recently. We we were cursed right right pretty recently after we started the show. Some guy cursed us. Mm. It was yeah. a boost to writings. He thinks he's Jesus and Satan. He is like super crazy. He's like legitimately crazy. Yeah. But the best part is on our Facebook page at the time that we were actually active on, we logged it like day one. And the symptoms of the curse were supposed to be like bad dreams and then other bad stuff and then by day two we messaged him and we're like hey we haven't had any nightmares he's like well this is because i took the curse off (laughs) you're decursed hit control alt delete on the voodoo doll yeah matt you raised a good point earlier about going back to christianity anecdotally and you've probably got the most experience with this how many people have gone from christianity to atheism and then decided to become irrational again (laughs) um i'm gonna say uh two two okay two because i know of antony flu it's it seems to happen as senility sets in um and perhaps as you approach your own demise uh but there's definitely antony flu although he didn't go back to christianity he just went back to kind of a, a deistic view i hear about all these people that i can't confirm like kirk cameron you know, was um, a devout atheist. And I don't even know what the fuck devout atheist means. You know? <laughs> it means you've got a Twitter I, account. You know, it's like, do you sit around in the corner on your knees saying, oh, I'm so happy that there's no gods and I'm really, really solid in my affirmation of this. It, it's just <laughs> nonsense. How, how could a young Kirk Cameron be a devout atheist, though? He was on the set of Growing Pains. He was just like, fuck God. And then, yeah. like, oh, what's the dad? Al- or Alan Thick is that his name? Yeah. He came over and he was like, what's going on, Kirk? And he was like, no, fuck you and your god, Alan Thick. <laughs> Alan Thick was like, whoa. And that's what the set of Growing Pains was like. <laughs> Confronting? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you seem uh, to, you, you get a lot of these anecdotal 
things on the show where people call up and go, oh, hang on, my second uncle's third cousin's mother uh, once saw a ghost, and they're, they're quite happy to accept that as proof. Mm. I'm getting um, a lot better of, at, um, at spotting that really quickly and arguing against it and saying the plural of anecdotes is not data and so forth and really trying to get them to see reason. But more often than not, it just causes frustration. Is there, is there a better way to tackle it? I used to date the second cousin's third wife thing. <laughs> you leave my mum out of this. Yes, you know, and when I hear when I hear stuff like that, uh, I've tried a, t- a number of tacks over the years, you know, and I've tried uh, on occasion mocking and ridicule, and sometimes I'll just ask questions and work work through it. What I've found works best is saying, I don't doubt that you experienced something. But I have no good reason to think that your explanation for that is justified. So how, did, how do you justify your explanation? You witnessed something, and you're going to say, that was a ghost. That's now a causal claim, and you have nothing to back it up other than the truth, which is, I think that was a ghost. And how would you know yeah. a ghost if you saw one? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any idea. I saw something. It looked <laughs> ghost-like. Well, what the hell's that? Is it the, this thing that you've heard everybody else call a ghost? It takes me back to when I was uh, a Christian standing in, the, you know, in church services, and you would be listening to music and singing and praising, and you get the goosebumps and the euphoric feeling, and everybody around you says, oh, that's the Holy Spirit, so that's what you think it is. But is it? How did you come to that conclusion? Because everybody told you. It's not, it's, it's not anything you can justify. And when you start to realize this, my take on it was... You know, Christians aren't stupid. I did my IQ didn't go up. But in the colloquial sense, I'm definitely smarter than I used to be because I believe less irrational shit. <laughs> I wonder if that's a factor in upcoming IQ tests into the future. How religious you are you? You believe in ghosts? How do you form <laughs> beliefs? Well, I'm pretty sure if it's like identify the next thing in this sequence and you write Holy Spirit as the next thing in that sequence, it's probably going to show what your IQ really is. <laughs> All right. Is the other acceptable answer bullshit? Three, eight, seven, nine, fill in the blank, Holy Spirit. Boom. <laughs> problem, problem solved. This is why you're not an architect. All right, guys, anything you'd like to plug? Um, our show, because, you know, we're sluts. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. What's your show? Where can we find it? All right, well, we're the Bible Reloaded, and we're a YouTube channel, uh, and we are an atheist Bible study, and we're funny. Yeah, Matt totally tweeted about us once. I don't know if it was a pity tweet, but there it is. <laughs> so did you actually you, watch it, Matt? I did. I did. did I you, actually watched Did you like it or did you hate it? Be brutally honest if you have to. So I'll say that uh, I did, in yeah. fact, enjoy it. I did, okay. in fact, enjoy it. So I'll tell you why I tweeted it. It's because you guys are shameless sluts. They came up to me at a convention, yeah. <laughs> gave me a business card with a USB key with a copy of the show, and they're like, please watch this. And, you know, and so... I took it to work and I set it down on my desk so I could watch it. And days went by and they started emailing saying, "Hey, have you watched this yet?" And then a week oh, or so, by and it's like, that "Hey, was have you?" you watched it? And uh, so I watched it and I immediately tweeted out because it was fun. Excellent. Good. Well, I'm glad right. you liked it. I'm glad that we peer pressured you into it. Yeah. I, I anybody who does way more work. I mean, you guys do way more work for your show than I do for any of mine. Uh, oh, I can't I just, believe that. <laughs> I just show up. Oh, there's video production and shit. I just point a camera at myself in the car. You're smarter, and you have rugged bear looks. <laughs> That's right. I'm a so. bear. <laughs> Matt, what would you like to plug? I'm not interested in hair plugs because I actually like being bald. So <laughs> I think I will plug Grief Beyond Belief. Oh, that's a good one. A worthy cause. Tell us yeah, a little so bit about I, it. I'm going to step away from the humor for for a minute, and also uh, the military uh, associated association of freethinkers. Uh, since it's Veterans Day right now, and I'm there's a lot of groups out there for people to join, and I don't need to plug our show. Although I'll, I'll plug, you know, the Bible Reloaded too. Grief beyond belief. Uh, just this brief synopsis, and where can we find it, and how can we help? Yeah. So one of the things that the atheist community is growing, and there are lots of gaps in people's lives, especially those people who are coming out of religion, and there are organizations like uh, Recovering from Religion uh, that are helping people deal with this transition and potentially losing their social circles and their their friends and everything else but grief beyond belief is helping people deal with loss and death 
Um, there's actually a Facebook page. It's called Faith Free Grief Support, facebook.com slash Faith Free Grief Support. And it's just a place where you can go and talk to other people and get information about help. Uh, because religions tend to offer these neat little packaged ideas about, oh, you know, someday you're going to go to Happy Land and see everybody again. And if you don't believe that, then you're stuck saying, you know, what was, what was the point of this? This person gone and I don't know how to deal with it. And I certainly, you know, don't think that I'm going to go see them again in Happy Land. But this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a serious group. And there's actually, they've started a grief beyond belief for people who've lost pets. Now, um, that, that's something I was thinking just then as you were talking about that. There was the most beautiful discussion on your show where a lady called in and she was quite upset. She, she was a cat lady. She'd lost some pets and she was really worried about not seeing them again. And you gave such a rounded way for her to accept the reality. And, and she said at the end of the call, wow, I think I might be an atheist. And there's sort of a round of applause <laughs> from the, the crowd. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. She's emailed us afterwards um, She's legitimately, and I say this with all kindness, a crazy cat lady. She has just a fuck ton of cats. And you know, I was tempted to say, come on, you've got 93 cats or whatever. You lost one. You couldn't really have been that attached to it. But it's, it's, it's the thing that you actually have to take seriously and I joke about because people uh, you know, are passionate about their pets, their family, uh, to many people. It's not just some animal that roams around that we feed. They're the, they're the people, the, that's why the guy about slavery yesterday said, you know, would I be mad at, at him or would I have an objection to him owning a cat? And I didn't, didn't address it on the show because I thought there were more important things to hit. But I wanted to just say, cats aren't slaves. You're taking care of that cat. If we came and found that you were actually beating your cat as, and it survived for more than a day or two, we'd take that some bitch away. <laughs> you know, they're, not your, they're not just something that you can do whatever you want with. Well, they're not particularly useful slaves. I've got a cat. Well, uh, I think we're slaves to them. <laughs> exactly. We, yeah, definitely. She's terrible at long division. <laughs> and the other one you were mentioning was the military support group. Yeah, the Military Association of Freethinkers, um, which, as it's Veterans Day, I was actually a Christian while I was in. It's a Military Association of Atheists and Freethinkers. It's militaryatheists.org. I a lot of people who are serving overseas who get to listen to the show being streamed. And as it's Veterans Day, I'd like to, any of them that are happen to be listening, there's a group for you to join so that you're not the only person out there in your unit who's being abused by proselytizing and favoritism towards those people who are religious around you. You know, I had a military episode. I had three serving and ex-military people on the show. And one of them mentioned that when he arrived in Iraq, it was the most religious, the most faithful to Jesus people who were frothing at the mouth, ready to go out and kill an Iraqi. And he was terrified of that. And that was what really pushed him to make a decision about where his beliefs really stood. It's very interesting. Yeah. And terrifying. <laughs> and terrifying. But the religion's worked its way into so many aspects of society now that it's really hard to step aside from it. I think that... A lot of that has to do with the fact that this particular war has a lot of Muslims involved, and I think having an Islamic opponent makes it sort of like it's an affront to their way of life and their god and everything like that. You know, you could, you know. it's almost like a personal. Yeah, it, I could see mentally someone seeing it as almost like a personal crusade type of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is really fucked up. But well, you know, there well, I mean, it is. It was exactly what the Crusades were. So I mean, I can definitely see how they would. You know. Even if they didn't know that the Crusades were that, if they would like, oh, yeah, Jesus wants me to do this. This is why I'm here, to make sure that the Muslims can't hurt any Christians anymore or something like that. You know what I mean? Potentially bringing about the end times, you know. <laughs> That's fair. We're working to destabilize the area. Uh, yeah. And really, a lot of these people have it in their head that what we're really doing is trying to help Israel and to speed up this, this end times fight that's going to bring Jesus back. Just because, I mean, just how time works and how prophecy would work, wouldn't it not matter at all how hard you work towards the thing? Wouldn't the thing that was supposed to happen always happen at the same time because God said so? Yeah, but, but you don't have any choice because God's controlling everything, including your eagerness to go over there and make it happen. Because <laughs> evidently there's nothing Jesus likes more than a really big fucking fight. <laughs> Are you guys, any final points that you'd like to raise? I love you. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Ray Comfort. Deeper comfort, masters of the universe. 
who's, who's a big fan of the show, was recently on um, the No God cast, and the host of the show, Tanner Campbell, read out uh, one of the tweets I'd sent in and just said, have you, have you heard of Adam Ricks? Because every day I send Ray a, a tweet that just says, hi, Ray, with an exclamation mark, just in the, the vague hope that one day he'll, he'll come back like the apocalypse and just want to engage with me. He hasn't yet. So you, you love me. Ray loves me. That's a lot of love. Did you hear that Ray Comfort's Twitter handle was misappropriated recently? I, I did. Raygate. Raygate. Good fun. Good fun for the whole family. So it was taken over by somebody who has subsequently held it to ransom and said, I'll give it back to you on the condition that you stop bad-mouthing atheists and sceptics, to which Ray <laughs> declined. <laughs> So that brought me Speaking great of him, joy. just real quick, have either you, Jake and I found this uh, DVD that oh, apparently was, yeah, it's called 180. We had no idea what it was until we watched it. Have either of yeah. you seen it? Yeah, it's Ray's abortion video. He had one? Oh, man. He was so bad. Like, we got it at the at the debate we moderated for um, uh, No Doubt Cast. Um, and he, he starts out, do you know who Hitler is? Because that's a terrible no, accent. That's, that's that not bad. bad. That'll make the show. But, that's not even close. Um, but... And then he gets a bunch of idiots to say, I don't know who Hitler is. And then he basically, he starts at the Holocaust and works his way down to, well, how is that different from abortion? Mm. Uh, it's really bad. It's a big it stretch. Was- <laughs> There's a guy called uh, Bernard Gaynor uh, on Twitter who's agreed to come on the show in principle, but has dodged every opportunity he's had so far. And he's a big fan of hanging some hate on the gays. Oh, and he yeah. put up a tweet last night about uh, it's a slippery slope, this pedophilia thing, you know, and legalising gay oh. marriage. It's amazing to watch how people think when they've got their heart set on something, I'm going to go from this thing which I think is quite bad to this mm-hmm. thing which is absolutely disgraceful and I'm going to draw all sorts of links in order to get there and people eat it up. How does he think consent works? That's weird. Well, see, this is the thing. I sent him a tweet and said, look, one of these pedophilia and homosexuality, one of these has a victim. Problem solved. We outlaw the one that has the victim. The other one, where there's no victim, we support, generally. Most clear-thinking, rational human beings would. That's a great segue into the the homosexuality in the Bible episode. Well, we might have to save that one for the future. All right, so guys, thank you very much for coming on The Herd Mentality. It's been an absolute pleasure. And Thanks for having And no doubt I'll speak to you on Twitter. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Herd Mentality bonus material. And with me, as always, once a month, I have at Religious Tea. How are you, sir? Very well. And yourself? Extra good. Thanks for caring. Now, you've been on holidays for a month or, or for, for a little while, at least up in Scotland. Oh, only two days. Just yeah. two days. Two yeah, days of... All I can take with a drizzle. Is that a holiday, though? Edinburgh's lovely. Have you ever been? Uh, I've been near it. How <laughs> <I'm> near it? <laughs> I didn't go into the stabbing area. Oh, Edinburgh's lovely. It's hills and gothic buildings and Scottish play- people playing panpipes and, you know, whatever. Were there any Great. Satanists up there? No, there was just a lot of people saying Robbie Burns over and over again. That was it. Enlighten me. Oh, Robbie Burns was a Scottish poet. And uh, right. they like to brag about the fact that Robbie Burns was Scottish quite a lot. I passed a, a tour that was happening and the only two words I heard were Robbie Burns. And that was it. <laughs> and this is their big selling point, talking about a poet. It seems to be. I'm not, I didn't hear them say anything else. <laughs> Radio. So you've been a Satanist for a little while. That's true, yeah, just for the last month. The last right. month. A whole month of Satanism, which is, as we touched upon last time you were on the show, uh, no different to not doing anything at all in terms of religiousness. It's unfortunate, isn't it? Because I had paganism, which I really enjoyed, and then I put it up to popular vote, and um, I think people's misconceptions about Satanism led them to uh, vote for that one. Mm-hmm. But they've, they've given me a very, very easy um, month. It's, um, it's, it's a non-theistic um, practical philosophy, uh, in essence. I mean, it originally under someone called Anton LaVey, he suggested that carnal desires, such as those that have, um, are considered sin by Christians, such as lust and greed and stuff like that, are actually relatively good. There's some certain things that should be embraced. Why shouldn't we be lustful to, think, uh, to other people? You know, that's, that's how families are started. That's how relationships start. Why shouldn't we be greedy? That just means that we want more. We want more from this life. Uh, so he kind of asked people to listen to their carnal selves. I and mean, obviously, don't do things that you don't want to do. I mean, fornicating is fun, but not, an orgy is not for everyone. So you know, it's it's in moderation. Listen to your, listen to your own uh, your own spirit essentially. And then uh, a friend of mine. 
mine who I've been speaking to uh, quite a lot, a guy called Lee Banks. He's the now the head of something called the UK Church of Rational Satanists, which is a is a kind of um, evolution from the old uh, Satanism of uh, LeVay. And it, instead of uh, listening to Carl's eyes, it's, it's reacting to reality in a, a very logical and uh, plausible fashion. And uh, so... He says something about ninety uh, percent thinking and ten percent thinking. So ninety percent is your rational mind, and ten percent is that kind of unrational mind—the thing that the lists, primal that brain. Uh, the brain, yeah, it's it's something that uh, listens, uh, that does listen to the uh, kind of supernatural. But he suggests why should the supernatural be anything else other than what's in yourself? So make a god of yourself. In very essence, um, Satanism is considered um, atheism, um, which Apple have already launched uh, a hefty legal. <laughs> battle against but um it, yeah it's it's to it's to personify um satan is basically your your inner your inner desires your inner uh, psychology it's making the best of what you can it's worshiping the self so it's uh, it's been quite interesting it's been an interesting kind of uh, month but again quite an easy one so thank yeah you so the, at no statement. point this month did you put your life at risk uh, I didn't want to put my life at risk. I had some funny ideas over whether I should feel guilty or anything like that. But you know, really, as a month, it's it's interesting in a in a, a, philo- a philosophical way. But I know it's not what you want to hear about. You no. want to hear about times that I've not eaten for sixteen hours. Yes. Or, or the fact, or you know, Scientologists having my name and address. Yes. And knowing where that's what you want to hear about. Absolutely. I haven't, I haven't got that for you. I'm afraid this month. <sighs> well, you're. Then there's no what mud baths this month. Nothing. Oh. You did put up recently for popular vote the next month, so for popular vote on the Twitter sphere. Uh, I did. What, what were the options? Uh, I I put up, and you could even vote for me to be a Jehovah's Witness, um, a Jew, or another one that I've since forgotten about what I put. Mm-hmm. But the what was the answer? <laughs> The answer was uh, I was to be a Jehovah's Witness for this month. By, Excellent. Uh, by a, landslide, a landslide. A landslide. Well, you know what I've done? I've gone shopping and I've got a resource for you. Have we got Excellent. Harley on the line? Have we got Secular Land on Hello. the line? Yeah. Hello? How's it going? Extra good. Hello. Can so, Hello. Religious Tea, Welcome. this is Secular Land. Oh, pleasure to meet you. Hello. Nice to meet you too. Hope you're well. <laughs> yeah, me yourself. Yeah, yeah, all right. Now, I thought we'd get uh, Secular Lad on the line, given that he is, without a doubt, the foremost thinker on such matters, and maybe give you a couple of pointers as to what you can expect this month, Religious Tea. So, you did listen to the episode with Secular Lad previously? I didn't, I didn't uh, today, in fact, I listened to it today. Ah, so how many hours of work are you going to be doing door-to-door? Uh, I am going to be doing, I'm not going to do the minimum one and a half hours per month or something like that. No, 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 no. I'm going to try and get a solid four and a half hours uh, into this month, which is the uh, a slightly better standard than most people who do the bare minimum. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now, would you be happy with that, Harley? I, I would prefer it if, if, uh, if he could do more. The only problem that I think is I don't know if they'll let you on the ministry um, straight away, unfortunately. Um, mm. just due to the fact that you'll be going house to house talking to people and trying to um, preach to them and if you don't know things then you can't really tell people about them but what they might let you do is uh, go along and see how it's done so you, you, you might go along with um, an elder or another experienced publisher they might be able to sort you out being the, the second person that doesn't say anything <laughs> do the sidekick the Robin to their Batman yeah, like... <laughs> I'd, I'd much enjoy that because um, I'd, I'd quite like it no, as a having personal experience of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses coming to my door and inviting them in, I did unfortunately lose my patience quite early on. Uh, so to watch other people get shouted at is um, wholly, uh, wholly attractive. To oh, me. So, so you guys <laughs> have met before? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Secular was uh, on my turf as it, as it happens. I, I once no, met a Jehovah's Witness. I once met a Jehovah's Witness on a bike, and uh, we we chatted a bit, and it was probably about a year ago. So I was I was starting to um, try and understand religion a bit more. So I was I was trying to interest and, and, and talk to him with an open mind. And um, he he said, "Why don't you believe in a god?" And I said, "Well, I went through kind of what I the small amount I know about evolution, the small amount I know about cosmology and stuff." And he goes, "Do you know what? When I the thing is, I believe in God is because I look at all the millions and billions of universes, and I just think that can't be an accident." So I said, "Sorry." I didn't, I didn't, did you say millions of billions of universes? And he said, yeah. I said, well, I wasn't sure that, I'm, I'm surprised. I, mean, I didn't know that Jehovah's Witnesses subscribed to it, a multiverse theory. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, and that's totally theoretical as far as I was concerned. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, you can see them, can't you? You look in your telescope and you can see them. And I was really confused. Do you mean galaxies? And he went, yeah, well, you know, universes, galaxies, same thing. And then I knew he was an authority on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I think you would have done better. So, Religious T, what have you got planned for this month, apart from a little bit of ministry work? Well, I'm hoping to, to um, join the congregation. It's been a while since I've been in a church, so I'm quite excited to um, go back and meet the people again. The, the thing with these last two religions, um, especially, is that I've not really met anyone. Um, I, I tried to meet people um, who were pagans or Wiccans, and really, they weren't they weren't that interested in speaking to me. And uh, with Satanists, um, I was lucky enough to talk to um, the, the Chapley Banks quite a lot on uh, Twitter and over Gmail and stuff. And uh, but I never actually met him, and there was no kind of congregation of Satanists that um, joined together. So I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see that again. Um, you know what, what? You know, if religion is a community, I'd like to see what that that community does. So I'm excited for that. Hmm. Uh, I'm very excited to go door knocking. <laughs> you, n- you need to be wearing the herd mentality wire. <laughs> well, I, I was going to do this. I was going to try and record it on the phone, and uh... I wanted to make a montage of just fuck off, <laughs> fuck off, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Right. You'll have too much audio. <laughs> I said you'll have too much audio. So, um, how much animosity did you um, did you receive when you went door knocking? Um, every every morning was kind of different, I guess. Um, sometimes it, it would depend a lot on the neighbourhood. So sometimes it, it was quite um, people were quite firm, go away in, in however many words they want to use for that. And other people will kind of let you talk. Sort of the the richer people tended to be more nasty than the less rich people. So. Uh, but yeah, most people aren't interested. You'll get, you'll get turned away. You'll go whole mornings without having a decent conversation with anybody, actually. So what, what, was, your, what was your aim when you um, used to go around talking? Was it, was it just to have an interesting conversation and to try and get people thinking, or was it specifically to get them to join your church, or was it just to drop off the um, payload, I suppose, of the Bible and the Watchtower and so <laughs> forth and uh, see, uh, see how they got on with it um, at, at a time later? Yeah, it was mainly that last one. You know, you wouldn't go out um, and expect to convert somebody on the first first or not. Um, you you plan to um, set people up on uh, what's called return visit, where mm. uh, you have an interesting conversation. You maybe drop some literature off, and then you go back in two weeks or a month later, and, and you keep doing that until eventually they agree to um, have a Bible study. And then when they start studying the Bible, we'll do that like once a week, um, depending on the person's circumstances. Once a week of that, and um, eventually get them baptized. But, yeah, the first first visit isn't to convert people completely. So, so secular lad, how accommodating can religious T expect the ministry to be when he goes to um, the church? To the, to the church? Oh, to, yeah, to, to join the congregation. Be, to the congregation, the people are going to be lovely. You're going to, um, I think you'll be surprised at just how genuinely loving the people in the congregation are. Um, and they'll, you know, people will walk up to you straight away and, and be really nice. And you'll probably be invited to people's houses for, for meals and, and all sorts. You'll have them. Um, You'll be really looked after by the people. Most of, most of the witnesses I ever met were very, very nice people, very warm and loving. Yeah, well, you might not want to leave religious tea. Well, <laughs> it's definitely possible, isn't it? I, I always get I always get worried about this when you say um, when you say you're a, you're an atheist and you're wanting to come in to investigate the religion and just how accommodating they are. It's almost like they know, oh, we've got him. We've got him. <laughs> They've got high hopes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to ask one question, Secular uh, Lord, if I may. Um, yeah. What what was your what was your internal motivation for um, going to try and convert people? Was it like that you 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 thought you were genuinely saving them, or was it almost because uh, people were suggesting that's just what you do, um, that's just part and parcel of the, um, the religious faith you're in? Um, were you trying to find things out for yourself? Was it a kind of by meeting a, a cross section of the community where you get other people thought? I mean, obviously you've come out now as a uh, as an atheist and you, you no longer believe it. So was it kind of um, almost an ambition towards that? Do you think maybe maybe subconsciously or not? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, when I believed it, I really believed it. So um, it was it was I wanted to save as many people as I could. Like um, the love that I had for for people that was what sort of drove me um, to to want to do the ministry a lot. You know. I love them and like the people that I meet and I want to save them so I, I can I can try and help them um, but at the same time it's very much to um, sort of reaffirm your own faith by teaching it you learn it more um, mm. you, you learn facts better when you say them out loud and, and try and teach other people so um, the ministry is as much for the witnesses as, as they claim it to be for other people for sure mm. and any final pointers for religious tea um, I if I if I were you I would ask um how they get to the date 1914 um, and whoever's studying with you whoever's talking to you about it will have a bit of a, a, a shocked and scared look in your eyes in their eyes sorry and, and then and then they'll they'll run through a quite complex um, set of prophecies and um, calculations and, and eventually end up at the 
year 1914 with you, but you'll quite enjoy you'll quite enjoy that conversation, and, and the brother talking through it will uh, no doubt be a little bit intimidated. <laughs> be quite funny <laughs> so you're writing that down? I've written that down. Yeah, 19. How do you get to a date? 1914. I like that. I like. I like yeah. that you've not told me what to expect as well. That makes me even more excited. Well, your nope. your mission religious nope. tease to come on and explain it all to us secondhand. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, we'll do that. That's that's the question I've got to answer. I've, I've got another question uh, also. Actually, um, the the amount of people that can fit in heaven, um, the crunch of uh, one hundred forty four thousand, if, if if I've read right. Yeah. Um, was was there not a worry a, a, among a lot of people thinking that actually you know, there's seven billion people on the planet? There's definitely more than one hundred forty four thousand Jehovah's Witnesses. Am I am I going to lose it anyway? Well, the, okay, so um, there's 144,000 who go to heaven, um, but you'll learn about uh, the other crowd, which is the people who um, are to stay on earth um, and live in a paradise earth. Look up that too. I want you to, I want you to tell everybody that when you okay. come back on the show as well, because uh, that's also quite, it's quite interesting and makes much more sense than heaven as, a, as the overall so uh, place of mankind. So, yeah, I'm considering the possibility that perhaps people get bumped. So once they get up to heaven and then all of a sudden somebody is more righteous uh, down here on earth dies, does that person then get kicked out upstairs? Like a celestial um, conveyor belt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that musical chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's supposedly written on their heart. And once, once you die faithfully, you sit up there as uh, heaven. Immortal. The only immortal, uh, actually. Yeah, apparently. You're only immortal once. Uh, yeah, that's there's no shortage of puns here on the Mentality <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> right, guys, any final talking points? Anything else you want to get off your chest? Nice to meet you. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on. I hope uh, we haven't blown too much of your cover. Hopefully it'll come up all right in editing. One more thing, Spider, right. okay? Uh, one more thing. Um, Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra. And uh, Joel Estein. Joel Austin's teeth. All right, well, that's, that's going to be an exhausting edit. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for that religious tea. Uh, I get to use all the material. <laughs> Righto, guys, thank you very much for coming on the bonus material, and no doubt I'll speak to you on the Twitter sphere. I'll uh, wish you all the very best religious tea, and I hope you don't get stabbed. Me too. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, Secular Lad. Bye. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me.